we continue in our sermon series through the Gospel of Mark, titled Jesus, Son of God, Suffering Servant, and Savior of Sinners. We're in Mark chapter 9, verse 9. In fact, Mark chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. And as you're turning in your Bibles, there to Mark chapter 9. There is an old proverb which says this. What goes up must come down. Most people are familiar with this saying because of because it it refers to gravity, both literally and metaphorically. Another saying goes something like this. No one stays on the mountaintop forever. This refers to the fact that whoever climbs to the top of a mountain sooner or later will come back down the mountain. By the way, I remember the first time that I heard this statement I was probably about 18 years of age. And uh, the church I was in, my home church, we were going through a transition. Some of the older ministers called us younger ministers together to talk to us about what we should expect would happen in the days ahead. And so one of the things they said, you know, we've been on the mountaintop for a long time. But no one stays on the mountaintop forever. We got to go through some valleys in order to get to the next mountaintop. And I learned from that in life, you know, that you don't just skip from mountaintop to mountaintop. You get from one mountaintop to the next, you have to go through, you have to go down in order to go back home. So no one stays on the mountaintop forever. Well, the time had come for Jesus and his three inner circle disciples to come down from this mountaintop they had been on. The disciples were coming down from one of the most important spiritual moments ever in all of history, in fact. For the transfiguration of Jesus signaled a high point in his ministry and in their discipleship journey with him. Now they must make their way back to the other disciples and back to the realities on the ground. <laughs> you know, that reminds me, this weekend that we are in right now is significant for this very purpose. It's a Labor Day weekend, and Labor Day weekend normally signals the end of the summer holidays and everybody going back to school and everybody coming off of vacation and it's back to life, back to, you know, normalcy, back to life on the ground, if you will, back to reality. You know... It's interesting that while they descended the mountain, they had an interesting dialogue with Jesus 
about questions that they were still trying to figure out. The trip on the way down the mountain gave these disciples uh, a continued opportunity to ask Jesus questions without interruption, and they took advantage of the opportunity. It was an important time coming down from the mountain, not just being on the mountain or having gone up the mountain, but also coming down the mountain. And they, they took advantage of it. Here's what happened. Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 9. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do the teachers of the law, referring, by the way, to the scribes, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. So while descending, Jesus commands the disciples to silence about everything they had experienced on the mountaintop. Presumably, they were not to mention this to the other disciples either because they would not be able to understand what Peter, James, and John had witnessed on the mountain with Jesus. They were not there. And knowing some of them, they might have found it hard to believe what Peter, James, and John experienced. Not to mention, perhaps, some of them wondering why Peter, James, God and not me, <laughs> not us. So presumably they were not to mention this to the other disciples yet either. Now, this was not the first time these three men, these three disciples, uh, had been selected by Jesus for a special purpose. When Jesus was on his way to the synagogue ruler's home, Mark chapter 5, verse 37 says, He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So Peter, James, and John were privy to the revelation about Jesus that the other disciples still had yet to learn anything about. Peter, James, and John got to see things that the others had not yet seen and were not able to experience. They were not ready for it. The Lord had not called them to witness it at this point. At least, at least not yet. Now, in the Mark 5, chapter 5, verse 37 story, Jesus is, that's the story where Jesus healed um, <clears throat> the daughter of the synagogue ruler, raised her back to life. We'll say more about that in just a moment. But here's the question. Why Peter, James, and John, and not the others? Why these three? Because Jesus would make them to become the most important apostles and leaders of the early church. 
Simon Peter became the foremost pillar of the early church according to the book of Acts, chapters 1 through 12. When you read, if you've never read it, you should read it. It's a page turner. <laughs> Uh, you should read the Bible, not just because it's a page turner, but Acts chapter, chapters 1 through 12, really a page turner, the whole book. But in Acts chapters 1 through 12, Peter, Simon Peter, is the principal character of all that takes place in the early church. The Zebedee brothers, James and John, also were pillars of the early church. James would be the first of the original 12 disciples to be martyred for the Christian faith, according to Acts chapter 12, verse 2. John, on the other hand, would become the longest living disciple of the original 12. He would last longer than everybody else by a long shot. Perhaps well into the A.D. 90s, John would live. You may remember that John, the same John, son of Zebedee, is the author of the book of Revelation, the final book of the Bible. And by that time, he is a very elderly man being persecuted for the preaching of the word of God. Jesus gave these, these three special training because they would lead the church of the Lord Jesus. In fact, they would lead the church to turn the world upside down, according to Acts chapter 17, verse 6. They're in a fit of another fit of many fits of persecution against the early church. The people accusing the apostles of the preaching of the word at that time in Acts chapter 17 go to a local magistrate and say, These people who have turned the world upside down with their preaching have come here now to disrupt us. <laughs> 